Welcome to another episode of Thriving Through Menopause. Gosh, the week's come around real quick. And I'm delighted to have today somebody who's going to share her own story and how it's evolving for her to work more around wellness and well-being. And I really loved when I met today's guest. as refreshing honesty and realness, which we so need to have at this time of life. When so many people are telling us to do this and that, it's good to be thinking about your journey, your mindset. So I'm really delighted that Dawn Mathis is joining me today. She is a former physical therapist. She's a realtor and she is the founder of In Situ LifeWorks. Welcome to the show, Dawn. Thank you so much, Clarissa, for having me. And uh, hello to everybody. Good morning, good afternoon, good evening. I know your uh, followers are all over the world. So I I very much appreciate having a few minutes to just uh, share a little bit about my menopause journey. Which I think is always something that we love to have here because the more we talk about this, the more we share our experiences, I think all of us grow. Oh, absolutely. So maybe just in the interest of this, why don't we talk about how you first realized you were in menopause? Sure. It's actually a funny story. About the age of 40, I'm an athlete, by the way. And so around the age of 40, uh, being very in tune with my body, I realized that I was having a bigger belly than I wanted and noticed more belly fat and that sort of thing and some irregularity with, with menses. But I went to my nurse practitioner at that time and I told her my concern about this increased belly fat and uh, she told me to get a life. <laughs> so, well, not quite the bedside manner I was looking for, but um, but what that started for me was just noticing, and here's a great tool, noticing what I was noticing at the time, I was resistant to that whole diagnosis, if you will, of perimenopause. And I thought of it like it was a, a disease and when I first started out, like maybe many of your clients and listeners, for years I tried to beat it by working out harder and trying different nutrition plans and just essentially beating my body up and nothing seemed to, to really take hold for me. Yeah, and I think that I could relate to that personally. I know that there are so many among our listeners who can do that, that strangely enough, Nothing seems to work. And you were an athlete. What kind of was your main sport there, Dawn? Early on, it was I was young and dumb and played rugby and then played soccer, softball, triathlons, things like that. Wow. So you were really fit. You would have been fitter than many women of 40 plus. I'd like to think that I was as fit as I could be just uh, comparing myself to myself. Yes, I, I felt very good about how I looked and how I felt and how my body performed up to that time. Yes. Yeah. And, then, and yet still, you had these initial signs that your body was changing. Yes. How did that make you feel? Mortal. Very mortal. 
And in the beginning, even though as a medical professional, I was a physical therapist and I worked with seniors. So I I saw people past menopause. It's still, I was still looking for some way to to head it off, like to be in denial of it, because to me, menopause meant I was aging. And we all know that society has taught us these invisible lessons almost about getting older and how it can be a a not very nice thing. My Aunt Trudy used to say, it's hell to get old, kid. And yeah, so that was my philosophy about aging. And this was just reminding me that my body was aging. Yeah. Yeah, and I think it particularly start for you, like you said, you worked with older people, so you had some sense of that could look like, yeah? True, yes, and and a lot of the people that I saw, I worked in the skilled nursing facilities mostly, but also home health, and the people I saw were that ended up living in the nursing homes were actually the, the exception to the rule because only about 5 to 7% of the aging population actually lives there, but when you work there, you see that as most of the people. And so for me, it was like some writing on the wall. That's how I was going to end up. And menopause was the beginning, mm. beginning of the end. So uh, not a very healthy outlook that I took at that time. No, no. What changed that outlook for you, Dawn? When was there that I don't know, trigger or that moment when things change? It's, thank you for asking that question. And it's a very good question. For me, it was around 2017, 2018, when I decided to become a life coach. And I went through training at the Brave Thinking Institute and learned several tools and learned about how mindset affects everything. And that was a, that was an awakening for me. And that's where I learned the tool, notice what you're noticing, because everything starts with your thoughts. Yeah. Every, yeah, you're so in the sense you, they were these thoughts for you, weren't there, Dawn, about aging and your aunt's message. And then you're coming into contact with something very different. Absolutely. And you can't stave off menopause. I call it the M word. You just, it's part of natural aging. And, and what we can do is change our perception uh, of that. And so in in doing so and in, in getting help with that, I, I see your work as a way that people can change their outlook on it. Also, I just read a book recently by Ashton Applewhite. She's an anti-ageism activist, if you will. And she's funny as funny can be. And she is, her life's work is all about changing that, that narrative on aging that we have about ourselves and everyone else around us that's aging. And uh, she has a book called, I I love the title, it's called This Chair Rocks. I think uh, the subtitle is A Manifesto Against Ageism. And and she talks about things like aging gracefully. And and she calls us, she said, I'm aging too, but I call myself um, aging, oh, what is she, uh, trying to think of the word she used, I wrote it down because I, Thought I might, uh, it might slip my mind. I'll find it. See, here we go. But one of the other things she's, <laughs> one of the other things that, that, that she said was we can, we can embrace aging and call it our agefulness. I, I love that. That is lovely. I love it too, 
because suddenly it's gone from being derogatory to something that is playful and I don't know. How do you describe yeah. that word, Dylan? What does it bring up for you? Agefulness? I love the word full in it. And here's the thing about this demographic. Most demographics, if there's sexism and racism and we can't change, we can change our gender. I'm just talking along just regular lines of thinking. Those are things we can't change so people can continue to be sexist or racist or whatever. But as long as you're breathing, you're going to get old too. Oh, I, now I remember what it was that circling back to my mental cul-de-sac from Ashton Applewhite is that she calls it an older person in training. Ooh. An older person in training. And I was like, training, ding, ding. <laughs> it's all <laughs> so, the light bells there, yeah. <laughs> there you go. That's it. Exactly. So we can change our perception and in changing our own perception, we can change the perception of those around us too. And I look at it as, okay, it's a soft signal from my body. Okay, here I am, your body, I'm now in menopause. Remember me, you've ignored me. And now this is a soft signal that you are aging and you need to pay more attention to me. And that's exactly what it is. And so I am still in a journey of discovery for nutrition and mindset, and we should always be growing. So I, I, that doesn't bother me that I'm still looking for answers that, that seem to jive with my body. Fits with the fact that you're not old and labeled because you're just in training. Exactly. I love it. And yeah. soft signals, I like. I love that term. So tell me more about that because I love that term, Dawn. How do you pick up on those and work with In my line of work with coaching, real estate too, but mostly with coaching, and 95% of our thoughts, and I've heard this from excerpts from neurobehavioralists, 95% of our thoughts, we think the same thoughts every day, 95% of them. And what that tells me is that we're asleep. We're not aware of the life around us. We're sometimes, I know this isn't just menopause. I know it's being asleep. And that is you drive to work and you're like, how the hell did I get here? I don't remember a single traffic light. God, I hope I didn't run any. I know that happens to everybody. And it's because we're not paying attention. We're not in the present moment. Mm -hmm. And... I, I really believe that's part of it. And when we get things that happen to us, whether we fall down the stairs and break a finger or we, our physician says, yep, you're in perimenopause or you're in menopause or whatever, those are, if we're paying attention, we will see them as soft signals that something needs to change. Not that it's mortifying or horrifying. It's just like the little warning lights on your dashboard, the monkey lights that tell you, hey, your engine's hot or hey, you need more gas or to me, that's what it is. Yeah. And I, I think we can relate to that and we can relate to what we said about not being present. We're on an autopilot and mm -hmm. really busy. And we yes. do things like I did yesterday and I rocked it to the police station and nothing bad. I've become a Swedish citizen. So you have to get your passport and ID card at the police station, tapping in the number I'm giving going, it's not working. And then she said to me, it's tomorrow. Oh, 
<laughs> and that's being on autopilot. You just you've not paid attention to the date. I was there at the right time, at the right place, but not the right day. You had two out of three. It was good. It was good. It, it was okay. It worked today. <laughs> yeah. Uh, yeah. But that is what we're like, isn't it? And I think we are very much like that when we get to into perimenopause because we have so much going on in our heads. Yes. And we're paying attention to what's going on in our heads or letting life happen to us without maybe guarding our thoughts. We're telling ourselves things like, oh my gosh, I, I'm in menopause. I'm an old bag or, or something like that. Or you notice maybe that people are treating you different, not because they know you're in menopause, but because you're aging, but it's part of aging. And, and noticing maybe that in a store, people may not be as helpful as the gorgeous blonde that's asking a question and came in after you, so things like that. And you just have to laugh at those things. And there's ways to get the attention back on you without going into a menopausal fit, let's say. <laughs> or reversing or attempting to reverse aging. Yes, spending a lot and lots of money trying to do that. And I, I don't know. I personally don't think that I would spend my finances on trying to inject stuff in my face because I've seen enough people where it didn't work that I would think maybe I'd just rather do something else with my money. But yeah, it's that's part of society is that it is, especially for women, I think, is that it's not okay to get old and look at... I know. And I think we even see that with some of the women that have now stepped in as influencers who are silver influencers, but that they mm. still don't look like me or like you or many people that we know. They look still like glamorous models. And then that becomes just as unachievable as trying to look young. Yeah. And whatever they're doing, it's working. And maybe it's good genes. Maybe they did have a successful procedure, surgical procedure yeah. that makes them look 20 years younger. I, I don't know. And just like the people that live in the nursing home, I think people that look like they're 40 when they're 75, I think it's an exception to the rule. Yeah, that's very true. So there is a lot about this being present. And you talk a lot about kindness and celebration as mm -hmm. in, in this space. Why is it so important for us to celebrate coming into menopause? The other alternative is to grieve it and it's that's not going to get us anywhere. And if, if we look at wine and cheese, and maybe this is an oversimplification, but sometimes I do that and it's okay with me. Wine and cheese, when they get better with age, why not people? That is, <laughs> that's so true, Dawn. Wine and cheese, they get better with age. I think lots of things get better with age, actually. Uh, Absolutely. And the other, and I, I heard this recently, and I apologize if I'm butchering it, and I have no idea who said it, but we love trees. We love nature, but trees are just, I just love trees. I have an affinity for trees and leaves and have various parts and parcels of them in my office and all over my house. And Trees come in all shapes and sizes and colors. And some of them are bare, some are tall, some are short and squatty. Some are gnarled into weird positions. And we never judge trees. We judge people. Yeah. We love trees. I don't think there are many people who would say, I hate trees. 
Absolutely. And so maybe we learn to, to see each other as a human tree. That is so beautiful because I'm sitting here surrounded by trees outside and I'm, mm. I'm now looking at them and thinking, yeah, the only time I do anything is if they do start to die, then sometimes we do have to take them down, but not always. I do still let them sometimes stay up a bit longer. But yeah, we love trees and we love to see them grow and we get excited about them and they're changing seasons. Yes. And yeah. we don't afford the same kindness or latitude, I would say, to people. Exactly. We tend to, as a species, be very critical uh, of others and ourselves. Um, and it's, I think, and that's why you and I have work in the world, because we're changing the narrative, we're changing the way people see things. And sometimes that's all it takes. Yeah, sometimes it is, isn't it? Just, yeah, yes. but seeing something differently and maybe that's what you talk about facing things with a kind glance that we see a kindness yes. to ourselves and we see a kindness towards others absolutely just casting a kind glance on ourselves and learning to love our bodies that's really tough for me sometimes i look in the mirror and i'm like damn i've been at the gym i've lifted weights three times and i've uh, done 30 minutes of super hard cardio, and I've cut down on my portion sizes, and my happy hour doesn't last an hour anymore. I'm doing all these things, and I, I'm not seeing it. Well, and, and then I have to shift and say, what? how do I feel? Yeah, I feel really good. And it all starts in the mind. It does. And you're right. It's that, it's that reframing as you said there you you're suddenly standing there and it's it is very easy to be critical isn't it it really is it really is and i i have a friend who who's also a life mastery um consultant and i saw her recently and her book just came out and she's a little bit younger than i am but her book is is called um the domino diet and i just got my copy because it just got released not too long ago uh, it's called the domino diet and the subcaption that i thought might be helpful and i'm starting to read this book so maybe we all read it together how to heal you from the inside out yeah Yes. Yeah, so yes, and I think that is, yeah, has many different strands, doesn't it, to it, Dawn? Oh, it does because it all starts inside of us. Yeah, it all starts inside, and and what I loved about I I had her on my own podcast, and what I loved about what she said is I hated to use the word diet in my title, but it just was catchy. The Domino Diet. She said it's a four letter word. And I quickly dispel many of the myths about that. And we think that the D word is the answer to the M word, but it's more about nutrition and what you put into your body. I think it works that way with computers too. That's what they tell me anyway. 
garbage in, garbage out. But that's a good that's a good analogy. You know, <laughs> whatever we put in, and if we don't put it in, it doesn't work. Yeah, yeah. I just just wanted to to share um, that with you as one of the things that I'm doing in my own research for my body and to have a love affair with my body is I am reaching out to people that I know are in the know. They're not these fads that you see that pop up on your cell phone about lost 56 pounds in in seven days. And if you hear that, run away. Yeah, definitely run because it doesn't. And, And that's not healthy weight loss. And I would venture to say it's not sustainable. So I'm in it for the long haul. And that's what it seems that you're about. It's not a a quick fix. It's about rediscovering ourselves and our bodies and getting clearer on what we need to do to to take care of ourselves. Could I touch on some things that I've gotten out of menopause, some benefits? I ask you, yes, about some benefits that have come, some positives, because I think everybody listening loves to hear the positives in a world where it seems to be over-identifying with the problems. I love that you share some things that are about the positive. Please do, Dawn. I love that. First and foremost, I am so happy that I never have to worry about another tampon ever again. That was a big one for me. I know it sounds like ridiculous, but hated that. So that's just a very surface one. But it seems to me that with menopause and on the other side that I've gained clarity. I I see things in life and life lessons more clearly. I think that's interesting. Sure. I think it's, for me, it's things that used to be important, like what other people thought is a big one. I, in growing up and in my family and in, in my young younger years, it was so important to me what other people thought about me. And I was a people pleaser. And for years I was, I felt this longing and discontent inside myself, but just squished it down because to me it was more important to please others than it was for me to be happy. Oh, I think I'd be... So rich, Dawn, if I had a dollar for every time somebody has said I was a people pleaser. It's, wow, it's endemic for us as women. Honestly, it's, it's a, it it's, is. It's amazing how many of us have that almost grilled into us from when we were a little girl. Oh, absolutely. Absolutely. And, and as an example, I, I had a client one time who, when I asked her, I asked her what her vision was, what her dreams were. And she said, I have, I don't have any. And I said, just make something up because we do anyway. If we don't, if we don't come up with them, they come up by themselves. And all she could do was tell me the dreams that, that her kids had. Oh my goodness. And that's where she was. And I pointed out to her, I said, these are lovely these sound like your kids' visions. And she said, oh my God, you're right. And I do think you, you hit the nail on the head. I think as women, we, we tend to be caregivers in one way or another or many ways. And we do it at the expense of ourselves. And I think menopause, they call it the change of life. And I kind of like that because you know what? Menopause can change your life. It can be the point where you say, okay, I'm drawing a line in the sand and now it's about me. Exactly. 
And I think that is the energy that is coming through now for mm. more and more women, that suddenly we're now as 45, 50-year-old women saying, hang on a minute, I, I'm not ready. I'm not over the hill. I'm ready to build a new life, do things differently. And I think that is why we see so many more women coming through to people like yourself, Dawn, to life coach, to speak out, to be active about this time of life. It's a real movement. And I think this is Gen X standing up. Heaven only knows now when Gen Y are starting to come in <laughs> to being, but they are. They're in the 39, 40 group. They are coming into this phase of life. It is going to rock the norm, I think. Yes, I agree with you. I, I totally agree. And I wanted to share a poem. I didn't know if you have more questions for me, but two. I wanted that to share. That was a... your clarity and no more tampons. Did you have any other benefits, Dawn? <laughs> oh, yes, I do. I have more than two, of and course. Then, and then we'll hear, um, your, hear your poem. Abs well. <laughs> absolutely. So a greater appreciation of light. When you realize you're mortal or you're reminded that you're mortal, it's holy cow that... <laughs> Half my life is over. What lessons can I take with me and move forward on this hero's journey or heroine's journey, if you want to be gender specific? What can I do with what I've learned and make the second half of my life even richer? Yeah. And then, so appreciating life and then, and then expressing gratitude for my body. My body has gone through so much with me and it's hung in there with me. And now it's my turn to really pay attention and take care of, of my body and love it and be, be in love with it and accept it and talk nice to it. And we talk nice to our plants. We need to talk nice to ourselves and our bodies. Yeah. And I thought, you remember we used to have, I don't know, like me, you're probably a the 70s, 80s person, and people talk about their body being a tem temple. Don't worry, we're on multi-track. But my yeah. body, yeah, body is a temple. And yes. it's not until now that maybe I and maybe lots of other people, women, think, oh, I get that now. I get yeah. that. And we're grateful. You're right, gratitude. It. We go back a couple of generations, women didn't live be, to be menopausal. Women right. didn't live much longer after menopause. And now we sit here and we think about 80 and 90 as being quite attainable. And it's because of our body. And if we yeah. take care of it, it's going to help us to get there. Yes. Agreed. Agreed. So in all that, just taking responsibility, have maybe other women that are going through menopause, I would call them partners in believing, share recipes, share ideas, uh, share your website, and know that you're not defined by the M word. Indeed, indeed, that we aren't defined by it. And I think there is a great tendency to want to over identify with it at times. And, and that's that interesting dichotomy for me that we do want to talk more about it and hallelujah that we are. But on the other side, we aren't defined by it. It's a stage in life. It will pass and yes. we will then be in a different space in a whole new world to explore. 
Absolutely. I would love to hear your poem now. I'm so curious. Oh, I can't take credit for it. It was a uh, Mahatma Gandhi's, but I just love it. And it's one of my favorites. And so here goes. Keep your thoughts positive because your thoughts become your words. Keep your words positive because your words become your behavior. Keep your behaviors positive because your behaviors become your habits. Keep your habits positive because your habits become your values. Keep your values positive because your values become your destiny. Oh, whoa. I feel quite goosebumpy. But, but yeah. such wisdom and so true, Dawn. Absolutely. If you had to leave my listeners with one key message around menopause from where you are, your experience, what would that be? One message. You're not alone. Yeah. You're not alone. That is, yeah, there's 1.3 billion of us that's <laughs> there right now. So, yeah, we are not alone. And there are women who've gone before us too. Yeah. And Absolutely. I love, and I love this sense of, having this community that you mentioned. So we are never alone. We can share, we can talk and laugh and cry together. Yes. And I wanted to ask you a question, if I might, and I'm sure if you want to cut oh, yes. this part out of your oh, no. thing, I know you can. <laughs> Remind no. me of the book that you're writing that talks about menopause across the globe. The book that I'm writing is called Put Menopause on the map yes and i am bringing together women from around the world because the world is more than a few white anglo-saxon women <laughs> and really opening up this dialogue in so many different ways there are that we can see in a sense what you said we're not alone and looking at this through different eyes is going to bring us together because mm -hmm. we can share our commonality, but we can also learn from each other from our different experiences. Absolutely. I will be looking for that book to share with my women clients. And when does that book come out? We're hoping it'll be out before the end of the year. We're gathering in authors to the book at this moment and I think I can share that somebody tipped me an author today. And we have to understand that women who live in the developing world have very little money. And he's a very good friend of mine. He's a former Buddhist monk. And he said, I will pay the fee for her to be an author in your book. And I am still processing that amazing generosity. Wow. Yeah. That, That's you know, amazing. God, I just think I'm, I'm not a you're a deeply religious person, but my husband would say that faith moves in, in mysterious ways. Absolutely. And there's religion, and then there's spirituality. Yeah. And that's just goodness yep. from the heart. So that is Absolutely. where we are. That is where we are. Dawn, I love talking to you. I think there's so much wisdom in your message, and I am looking forward for this to be out there and for people to take from it ways to thrive through menopause. Thank you for being a guest. Thank you for having me. It's been my pleasure.
The United States Border Patrol has exciting and rewarding career opportunities with the nation's largest law enforcement organization. Border Patrol agents enjoy great pay, outstanding federal benefits, and up to $20,000 in recruitment incentives. If you are looking for a way to serve something greater than yourself, consider the U.S. Border Patrol. Learn more online at cbp.gov slash careers slash USBP. That's cbp.gov slash careers slash USBP.